0: How are you? Doing well, thanks. Doing well. How are you doing today?
1: Good, man. Thanks so much for inviting me on. I'm looking forward to our chat.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to share with all the listeners all of your knowledge and your experiences. so We can all learn and uh, hopefully get get a lot of great information to apply ourselves. So yeah, thanks again for taking your time today. And uh, yeah, I think we can just get right into it. Um, I'll keep my eyes open for the Dividend Dog. Hopefully you can join us here as well. Um, but let me know if you see him. If I don't catch him,
1: yep. I just uh, I just spoke to him a few minutes ago, and he said he was finishing up a podcast, so I uh, he's going to be
0: on his way. Nice. He's got a busy day going. That's good.
2: Hey, yeah, he's the dividend dog, man.
0: What do you want from him? I guy? know. I love it. I love it. I know. After this too, we've got a spaces a little bit later. We're going to do chart reviews, looking at a number of charts, getting ready to trade next week. And uh, yeah, I love Sundays. It's always busy like this. But uh, yeah, oh yeah, Sunday.
1: Sunday's the way, man. Sunday is the the prep day for me, so I totally hear you.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, let's let's get into a little bit. Uh, let's introduce you to the audience, Nick. Uh, for those that that don't know, um, Nick's building wealth using dividends. His strategy is to you know every year accumulate more and more uh, dividend income. Um, so basically, you know what I saw recently is look like you've got. Over $1,000 or about $1,000 a month on average, right? About $12,000 a year in dividend income coming in. Your next goal is to hit twenty k, and uh, annually, and that sounds like a fantastic boost to your income. So um, yeah, what got you started? What, why dividends? What made you decide to choose this strategy?
1: Uh, okay, well, um, let's kind of get into it a little bit. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you guys for coming and spending a few minutes with us here and uh, allowing us to give you a little bit of insight of what we do. And, uh, yeah, my name is Nick. I'm the dividend investor and educator on Twitter here. Uh, I go by the the handle SmartNetWorth1. I'm uh, 35 years old. I'm originally from Yonkers, New York. Um, I'm a physical education teacher by day, and I'm also an investor, so I invest in dividends, like you said. And uh, I also invest in real estate. I don't I don't talk about it too much because you know I'm a, everybody knows me as the dividend investor, but I also invest in real
2: estate as well. Oh, nice. So uh, that's kind of my thing in a nutshell. And to answer, to answer your question, how I got
1: started with uh, dividend investing was, like I said, I'm a physical education teacher. So I needed something that was going to kind of go and fit my, my lifestyle and, and what my life was made up of, and. Uh, you know, I I live about an hour away from my job, so my commute is heavy, and I needed something to that would kind of fit there perfectly. And, you know, I looked at many, many things as I was learning, and I kind of fell into this idea of I liked dividend, dividend investing because of the idea of building passive income, the idea of um, kind of something that I can do while I also did my 9 to 5. And I've been able throughout the years – About five years, now this is going into year six, I've been able to um, build and create uh, about $13,000 in dividend income. And what I do is I manage uh, two different kinds of portfolios, along with my Roth IRA. I manage an individual stock portfolio, which are all dividend-paying stocks, and I have about 56 positions. And uh, that's that's my bread and butter, as they say. Uh, It takes a lot of management, and uh, I'm sure we'll go more into that as we go into this talk. And I also manage a portfolio that has only ETFs and uh, things of that nature. So, um, you know, that's kind of my thing in a nutshell. Uh, My story is very in-depth. I've gone through it on a podcast before. Actually, I did it on the Dividend Dogs podcast. Uh, You know, it's a very in-depth story. So, you know, I don't want to bore you guys with such an (laughs) in-depth story. But in a nutshell, that's kind of how I got to where I am now.
0: No, that's good stuff, and I'm glad you mentioned that podcast um, for folks who haven't uh, come across that just yet. I listened to uh, that conversation. It was fantastic. And, uh, yeah, so I highly recommend checking that out. And, and
1: not, not a cheap plug for the dog. That's
0: not, not the cheap plug for the podcast. Yeah, no, absolutely. and um, So, yeah, so um, it sounds like you, you and Irons kind of were experiencing similar things, got that long commute, um, but wanted to generate additional income, right? Man, that commute, I don't know about you. I could... I started working remote and that commute being out of the, the, um, daily routine is added a ton of time to my day. But when you have that commute, you have all the, the time to think. And that's exactly when I started getting into, you know, how do I make additional income? How do I build wealth? Right. And you have that long drive and I feel like I have all this time, but, um, everybody that I see, I'm trying to, I don't know. I shouldn't say everybody's probably too broad, obviously too broad, but yeah, you, know, you see a lot of people trying to generate wealth and it's like this whole, uh, extra, you know, second job almost, a ton of extra, um, effort and time. And so when I find ways to generate wealth that doesn't require another 40 hours a week, right? Of my time, you know, it, it gets my attention. And I feel like that's, that's tied into your, the dividend investing strategy, right? You're able to generate this income and you have to put in the effort, right? There's, there's a research and all that, but, by and large, would you agree that it's, uh, it allows you to to get that income without having to put in like tons of work? How many hours would you say you put in a week towards your investing?
1: Oh, no doubt. Man. Now, that was one of the most attractive things about it, that I could still do my nine to five career, but I can also be building my wealth and, and starting to generate passive income on the side. Yeah. So
2: for sure, man, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, you know, and that, that's what that's what it was for me. That's what attracted
1: it to me because I knew the quick money thing, like day trading and such, I couldn't be glued to the monitor all day. I had to teach classes
2: and I had to be a person in my career, you know, so right. that wasn't going to fit. And other avenues
1: of investing, I couldn't really do it because of my 9 to 5. And, um, you know, the way that I look at that also, Nate, is that the 9 to 5 is my leverage. That's what allows me to build my wealth at the rate that I'm doing it. So I had to cater to that and I had to make sure that I picked something like you said, that was passive, but also allows me to do my thing on the side. Now, um, to answer your question, uh, how many hours would I put towards my investing? Um, hey, man, um, to kind of ballpark it or to give you guys an idea of what I kind of do, uh, I'm always in the market. Every day, I'm always in. I'm, there's, there's never a day that I miss the open. There's never a day that I don't know the news going on in the market. And, um, you know, everybody around me knows that I'm this way. And, yes, I'm extreme. I understand that, but I'm trying to make the most of myself, and you know, and the idea of uh, trying to just make it an everyday thing in my life and, and make it part of, of my identity. And some people might not agree with that, and some people will, but you know, that's just kind of how I look at it. So I would say, I would say it's kind of hard to put an hour thing on it because yeah. I'm, I'm kind of always in. You know, so that makes it's kind of like um, I would say. Probably more so on the weekends, I get a chance to kind of step back because the market is closed and I can go through my charts and I can see like, okay, this sector is undervalued. I'm going to target this sector this week or, you know, just talking to other investors or, you know, like me and the dividend dog. It's funny that we have him on today, but he's a guy that I text constantly throughout the week like, hey, Ted, you seen this? You seen this? Let's take a look at this sector. Take a look at this stock. So, you know, it's just a constant flow of being in tune in the market. And for me, that's what works the best.
0: I love that. And that really resonates with me. I actually have spoken previously about um once I decided, like, you know, I guess there was just like this negative stigma to me about, Hey, I wanted to talk about investing and trading and making money in the market. And, you know, some folks I would talk to your friends, family, people that, you know, support and care for me, you'd hear, well, aren't you going to lose your money or, you know, there's just a little bit of trepidation there. And so, um, yeah, be, I just decided uh, that's okay. I, uh, for a long time there, I wouldn't, I was kind of shying away from it, but I just said, that's all right. Not every, it's not for everybody, but this is me. This is what I really am interested in. And I've gone all in and everybody around me knows it. And they, you know, not everybody gets it, but, um, it, that it's, it's a commitment, right? Is, is what you're kind of saying there. And for me at, at first is like, you know, I went all in overboard and just constantly, um, always in the markets, but I've been, I, you mentioned the weekends. I definitely now scale back to where weekends I go heavier. Um, every morning, though, I agree with that. Starting the day off uh, at the open, understand what's going on. And um, yeah, I love the you're talking about sectors, too. I go sector by sector on the weekends to find out where I'm going to focus my energy in the next week. So, you know, and that, and that applies to trading and investing, I think. I mean, when you're looking at long-term investing, you still want to buy opportune moments. So you're looking week by week, but you're you're doing that for the long term. Now, would you agree? Are you trying to find opportunities every week, or do you kind of wait for certain times? You know, maybe wait till you get a certain amount of money accumulated, or how do you apply apply your dollars? Is it is there a strategy there?
1: Oh, no doubt, no doubt, and it's just a consistent flow. It's just every week or every time I get paid, a certain amount of my paycheck or my income goes to investing. That's non negotiable.
3: That's, you know, that's sacred in my life.
1: That's just how it goes. And, um, yeah, just like you said, it's just what I do is typically on the weekends or going into the Monday Open, I'll go through all these sectors of the S&P 500, or all 11 of them, and I'll chart it all. And the charts, the way that I use my indicators, I'll look at them, and I'll decide or I'll, I'll look to see what is the undervalued sector or what is the sector that is out of favor. And just like I said before, Teddy, the dividend dog, He's a guy that I can I can text and say, hey man, take a look here. Or um, Lanny from uh, the Dividend Diplomats. He's another one of my guys that I text and we're back and forth.
3: He's another one that I'll say, hey
1: man, take a look at this sector. And then when I when I identify the under-evaluation, then I can go deeper and then I can see what are my holdings in that sector. So if it's let's say healthcare, because right now I've been banging down the healthcare sector for weeks, and because that's an, an undervalued sector in the S and P 500. Right and then I and banging down the Pfizer's the, the Johnson and Johnson's the, you know things of that nature and that's what I do I target the under evaluation sectors then I go deeper to take a look at what my holdings are and then I attack the ones that are set up on the chart the way that I look the way that I look for my setups I identify that and then I attack all week
0: nice I like that uh, constant uh flow and non-negotiable I mean just, like you said make it a part of your life and uh I'm sure at first, right? It's hard because you, you put in a few dollars, you're getting, you know, small amounts back at first, right? You know, a couple of dollars in dividends might not feel impactful. So how how do you, uh, stay motivated when you're starting off and you only have a few hundred bucks in the account and you're, you have this big goal, right? Like, cause I'm doing the same thing starting with small amount, but I've got huge goals and you know, it's, the goals have motivated me. Is that, is that your process or what would you add?
1: Yeah, for sure, man. You're asking great
0: questions, by the way, Nate. But, <laughs> I think yeah, so. yeah, man. The motivation in, in in
1: this game because it's a long game, especially the dividend game, and uh, not many people are willing to to accumulate wealth in the in the short game. You know, the the uh, slow game. They want to have the quick money, and that's just people are infatuated with that quick money deal. And I get it, I get it, because you know, coming into a few a few grand quickly in in an hour or two, doing some kind of fast money trading. There's nothing like it, right? But as far as the slow game, the dividend game is a slow game. It's the slow investor's game, and it takes a lot of mind control and a lot of a lot of mindset in order for you to understand that you're not going to get rich tomorrow. You're not going to get rich in three years. You're not going to get rich in ten years. You got to let this thing grow, and it all comes down to conviction. It's it's something. Conviction is something that you can't you can't be taught. That's something that there's no class on conviction. It's either you, you want it or you don't. And that's what it comes down to, dude. Yeah. And that's always in the back of my mind. And the idea of if you do nothing, you're left with nothing. And that's, that's the story. So if you do something, you're left with something. So why not do as much as you can to have something? And that's always been kind of my mindset. And I love dividends. Man. And, I, and I love the idea of passive income. And for me, the, the motivation is, to continue to grow and to continue to build this, this money machine that I can eventually help my family and I can eventually pass this down to the next generation of people around me and not just prosper myself, but my prosperity will prosper everyone around me. And that's how I stay motivated.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. you got to have conviction and you got to stay motivated. And I see we've got Teddy the Dividend Dog joined us. Uh, go ahead and request the mic, and we'll get you on the stage. Here, that's that's great. Glad you could join. And My God. Uh, there he goes. All right. Add into the conversation. So, um, yeah, conviction. That's a hundred percent. I love it, and I love your passion, Nick. This is fantastic. This is what you need. Uh, you're gonna go places. You got to have passion. You got to have direction. Hey, it's a different dog. Welcome.
3: Morning guys, morning, morning, sorry, a little tardy, I was just finishing up uh, our podcast and I was like, oh man, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go, so um, <laughs> I'm happy to be here, thank you guys you and Nate and Nick for um, the opportunity to come and speak on dividends this morning and yeah man, I'm here for all questions and I heard Nick was just speaking on his passion as as to uh, um, you know why he invested in dividends as well. And I'm more so on the same, you know, just to branch off of him. I'm on the same wave as well. Um, you know, I work a nine to five, um, you know, and, you know, just have, you know, steady income along with my wife. And, and what happened with me on dividend investing, my dad told me about dividends investing when I was like 15, 16 years old. I, we didn't have like the money, you know, to invest to, um, you know, do that. And that stuck with me. Um, you know, all the way through college. And I even took an investment course in college and like got like a D in the course. I still joke about it to <laughs> stay with myself. I'm like, man, you couldn't even learn this in college and look how quickly you're picking this up. But it just goes back to what Nick was saying with like having a passion and having a reason to why you're doing this as um, you're creating this income and, you know, seeing, you know, someone like Warren Buffett, I know, you know, he's up in age and old and, you know, he's not using his money, but like, who knows where you may be? You know, ten years down the line, just by starting this journey, and you could be having that income coming in, and that could be your income on top of you know social security and whatever else you may start down the line, just by engaging yourself in investing. And I'm on that same, you know, once again, I'm on the same wave of creating generational wealth from not only myself in the next 10, 20 years, because obviously I'm doing this. You know, it's okay to be selfish at times tell it you're doing it for yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm also doing it for, you know, my kids and and, and so on just because we all, hey, we got to go to work tomorrow, right? Like we all know we got to wake up at right. 6 a.m. or wherever, you know, you may be or wherever you have to get up at time to go to work. And we got to clock in. We got to be there. We got to be locked in, right? We got to be locked in Monday through Friday. And then we get two days off during the week and we got to go back at it again. And I'm like, once I realize I got to do that all the way till 60, I'm like, no way. I got to do whatever I can now that that time down even if it's down to 55 or down even if I can't retire at 60 and have this income, I want to be able to not be able to work I like I don't I want to be able to spend time with my family, my kids and, and so on when I do have kids I don't have kids now but you know just you know manifesting it and you know being positive about it and um, investing in strong companies that are growing their dividends and you know generating profits, you know strong earnings per share, strong balance sheet, you know, we'll uh, you know we'll get more into it, but you know, that's my reason why is you know behind dividend investing, and I think it's it's a it's a valuable thing too. I know there's a lot of there's, you know there's a stigma around it that it's boring and and um, it takes too long. And my my thing is like we got to work anyway, right? You're gonna end up working the next ten years, right? Or do you have anything that's that's guaranteed that you're not gonna be working in ten years? So it's like, all right, well, what do what do we have to do now? It's like we have to take action now. So you know doing the, you know the, the challenges the five dollar ten dollar challenges all will you know pay off and compound down the, you know, down the road and that's all about you know putting yourself in the right mindset to um, to start
0: Yeah, that's really well said and you have to start you have to just start building now otherwise you'll you'll I mean I've been in the spot ten years later you're like I didn't start and I'm still in the same exact spot I'm still working yeah. right you got to get going at some point no, no time like the present.
3: No, no time like the present, and and this is one thing honestly that I wish I could go back and tell myself. You know, you know, you know how the you know that question is what is one thing you can go back and tell yourself? I swear to God, this is the one thing I can go back and tell myself in college. Like, hey, dude, those little paychecks that you were getting, you know, my little I was doing like little work study stuff on the weekends, working like football games and stuff like that. I wish I would have taken that money and found a way to start like start investing that, you know, instead of going to eat or going to the bars in college you know i could have still done that but like you know that now looking back look like i still can go to the bar now and like but look i don't i, I i'm still starting to invest and like this has been around for years so um you know putting this out and you know getting a group around you know a great group of people like myself you know you unique nick everyone else that's on you know that's on here listening and you know learning how to invest in you know that income will be very uh, instrumental down the line for us. I think.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Well said. the 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 points about dividend investing being boring. Um, you know, I I just want to touch on that because you know I, I'm in to selling covered calls, and um, so I like to trade options. But when people hear about trading options, you know, their first thing is. Oh, so you're, you're high risk, high reward. You're one of those guys, right? You know, Lambo, Lambros and all that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Those are the guys I sell my options to, right? Because uh, I'm generating income. I'm, I'm in this for the long haul. And at the same time, I'm also investing in dividend stocks and dividend ETFs because that as you build and compound and get that growth, um, and you see that happening and you start building out that portfolio, you have more and more opportunities and places you want to add. It actually becomes like this draw, this excitement, like, how do I make more money so I can put it into my portfolio so I can see the results? It, it, it becomes an addiction and, uh, and a really healthy one at that, um, because you're, you're pulling dollars from other places that aren't giving you a return and making your money work for you. And, um, one thing I show my kids, cause I do have two boys and I'd love to do this to them because their eyes, you know, triple in size every single time. I just show them the power of look. Hey, if you go ahead and put even $10 a day in, uh, or a week in right now and, and, or $50, or what have you per paycheck, and you do that over 10, 20 years, and then they show them the compounding and how they can get to a million dollars, you know, by the time they're my age, um, just by putting small amounts aside. I mean, the motivation there, um, it's funny. It's really, really instant, but it's fleeting. So I have to, show them results. Hey, look at this. I, I, I build, you know, We're building a small portfolio for them to show them the results. And quickly, it, it becomes addicting, right? So I still got to get them hooked a little bit more. They're still pretty young, you know, but you got to start, right? Um,
1: yes. Yeah, just to touch on that a little, yeah, I have two young daughters, Chloe and Alyssa. And um, they, I try to instill with them that uh, anytime you get any money as far as like birthdays or doing chores around the house or at any point, it's okay to spend a little, but you got to put a little bit of waste aside for, you know, your, they call it the stock chart. So <laughs> you know that you got to go into the stock chart. So, you know, get get them started, ready with those good habits and allow them, like you said, just to, to feel like it's like a normal thing, like regular everyday thing. Oh, my parents do it. then You know, this is, this is something that I should do, too. Yeah. So that positive role model is, is key with this as well.
0: And You, you both have mentioned having a group, right? Um, uh, sorry. Uh, Oh, a little feedback there, I think. So, hey, uh, you both have mentioned talking, uh, talking to folks, friends, having groups uh, that you can lean on, and uh, I think that's really huge as well because uh, you know you need somebody and, and different people to bounce and get, bounce ideas off of, get perspective from, and um, folks that are in it with you, right? That have the knowledge and, and um, aren't just nodding, saying, "Yeah, you're doing great things all the time." They might give you some of that critical feedback and say, "Hey, what are you doing here? You're you're straying off the course." So yeah, I'm huge on groups. If you guys are looking for great information on on this kind of strategy, or just you know being in the markets and investing, I recommend you follow both Nick and the Dividend Dog. Give them a follow. Take a look at their timelines. They've got they post a lot of great information. You can see you know what they're buying and and how excited they are about it. I just been going through some of the posts earlier today to get familiar with what, what the latest buys have been. And I think that's probably going to be some interesting information. So let's let's get into that for the listeners. Um, you know, when it comes to selecting stocks and ETFs, uh, you know, Nick, I, I see you posted a little bit earlier this month, maybe a week ago, um, a list of stocks you use daily, and a couple of these are on are on my list. I've got, you know, I see here you got J J and J. Just a list of fewer. The 3M Company, Duke Energy, UPS. Home Depot, uh, Starbucks, CVS, and Walgreens. And on that list, the one that really jumped out to me, only because I've been um, looking at it recently, is Starbucks, because I like the way the chart has broken out. Um, but yeah, that aside, uh, do you have, let's just, let's just start with, uh, I'll start with you, Nick. Um, this, this past week or this upcoming week, um, if there's any particular stocks or ETFs you're looking at, um. Why are you looking at? them? That's more what I'm looking at. Not necessarily like, hey, tell me what you're buying because I want to go just follow along. But you know, what are you looking for and why? I guess is, is what I want to hear about. Sure,
1: sure. Um. So uh, this week I've been uh, really narrowing it down to uh, my ETF exposure, and I've been buying shares of SCHD. Uh, yeah. Which is, uh, and uh, I wanted to. I want to start to increase my exposure to my ETFs and just diversify a little bit. So uh, you know, because I have a lot of individual uh, holdings and uh, positions. So I think the ETF exposure is uh, something that I want to increase. So I've really been buying shares of that in the past, since, say, week and a half. But also before that was, like I said, it was the, the healthcare sector, and I, I was I was hitting the uh, the utility sector as well. And just like I said, I I look for what's undervalued at the time. Then I go through my metrics. I go through my P.E. ratio, my payout ratio, my dividend history, and my dividend growth. And then the yield I look at last.
0: um, Ah, interesting. Right, (laughs) yes. And uh, some people may
1: disagree with this. And and I want to make sure that everybody understands that this is just my approach to investing. So I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not saying that mine is the end-all, be-all. Uh, not financial advice, but this is just how I operate things. and This is what kind of has worked for me. So, um, yeah, so the yield is something that I look for at the end because I feel that it's that's less important, and I feel like um, you probably shouldn't, as a dividend investor, just buy on yield alone. There's, there's many, many layers of onion that you got to understand before you fully make an uh, investment. So um, that's kind of what I do. But like I said before, it's kind of just like that concept of identifying the undervalued sector uh, digging deeper and, uh, you know, just kind of doing that. And just like you said, Nate, that was a really great point as far as your network because Teddy, the dividend dog, and let me tell you something about this guy. This just came to my mind. Let me tell you something about this guy right here. I love it.
0: This Yo, guys. Kill. Like, kill. <laughs> this guy is like a computer.
1: He's like a computer. I'll send him a ticker. I'll say, hey, look at this. And this guy will tell me the share price. He'll tell me every every bit of news recently. <laughs> He'll, tell the dog has been. He'll tell me how many employees they got. This guy is a computer. So, you know, just like I said, reiterating that idea of your network and uh, being around people that are doing the same thing as you. And you will find yourself on a path that you've never seen before and never experienced before just based on the people that are around you. And I'm telling you it works, and I've done it. And thankfully, thank God, all my, my close circle, they're all investors and they're all into the same kind of deals that I'm doing. But it's very hard at this point because I'm so involved – the, the dog would, would agree with me very hard being around people that are not doing the same thing you're doing.
3: Yes, definitely agree on that. But it, I think, you know, just to branch out that and I'll, you can, I'm not bad to interrupt, but oh, I think good. it'll get easier. I think people eventually, people will eventually catch on coming along down the line. Cause I mean, every time we look on the news, man, com- companies are laying people off. We don't know if, a re- if we're in a recession or out of it. We don't know, you know, We don't know if aliens are coming. We don't know anything. (laughs) Only thing we know is TikTok is about to get banned. (laughs) I'm just kidding,
0: but I'm done with that. Yeah, no, that's hilarious. I love it. Um, And I need to apparently get your number because I need more computer friends. I've got a friend, his name's Steve, and he's the same way I can hit him at any time. And I feel like on any stock, and he'll tell me where it's at, where it's been, and and where he thinks (laughs) it's going. It's crazy. (laughs) Oh yeah, dude,
3: man. <laughs> Nick, Nick's funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when he does that, I have, because I have the apps on my phone and that's like, normally it's either my messaging app or I have Yahoo Finance or Twitter. I was like my only three like, like apps, and you know, Instagram too. But it's like, so when someone texts me about a stack, I instantly go right to it because I'm just wired. I'm just so wired <laughs> to, you know, help and give out information. So I, I know where to go find it at very quickly. Dude,
1: it's a, it's a good thing I need it, man. You're your, your, a fantastic resource, bro.
3: Computer my um, <laughs> My man, my man, appreciate
0: it. So i am taken away from this conversation already. You need to surround yourself with good friends like this because uh, that's how you you can bounce, you know, these ideas and get quick info. I love it. And you guys are obviously enthusiastic, which keeps the energy going. Um, yeah, I love it. That's that's what it's about. And you know, investing in trading can be kind of lonely because you it's it's. If you don't have those folks to talk to, and people don't know what dividend yield is, and and or what you know the importance is of growing earnings year over year, and all that good stuff, uh, they, they tune out quick. So, um, yeah, no, this is good. I love it, you guys. This is great. Uh, Nate, can I make one more point? Of course, of course.
1: This this is very important too, and this I found this to be extremely important. The person that you're with, your spouse, your girlfriend, whatever it is.
2: That person's got to be on board for what you're doing, too. Yes.
1: That person is not on board, this is going to be a very, very, very bumpy road for you if you're trying to build wealth. So that's something that, that's definitely got to be understood, and that's something that you got to consider. When, when, I mean, you know, you can't tell what people, what people do with their personal lives, but, you know, if my significant other wasn't on board for what I'm doing and put up with all my extremeness with investing, this would be an issue. So, you know, just something to consider as as we go on with
0: this conversation. Yeah, shout out to my wife. She's super supportive and listening here on the call, Bird. And uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Maybe the strongest point you've made so far in my mind is you have to have that support. And, uh, yeah, big thanks to my wife on that one. So, uh, you know, and I want to reiterate, this is not, you know, for uh, to give anybody financial advice. This is for entertainment purposes. We are not financial advisors, but... We do want to share what we know and share what we're doing so you can enjoy the experiences and uh, hopefully it helps you in some way, shape or form with uh, with your knowledge in the area of of dividend investing and just investing in general. And, uh, you know, so I guess one thing, you know, jumping around a little bit, but we were talking a little bit about um, you mentioned SCHD, the Schwab uh, Dividend ETF. And, you know, I'm looking at the holdings in there. You've got a great diversification within that ETF. and so when you're looking at your stocks and, and your, 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 you mentioned that your last thing you look at is, well, at least Nick mentioned the last thing he looks at is the dividend yield. And I think that is interesting because I feel like when you get into this space, that's the first thing you look at is, okay, where am I going to get the biggest yield? And one of the biggest drawbacks there is you might see huge yield, but that's because the stock price is, is maybe taking a big hit. And once the stock price has taken that hit, you have a huge yield percentage, but is the company able, going to be able to still pay that out, right? And if they aren't going to be able to pay that out, what's, what's next? They're going to cut the yield, cut the dividends. So now you're buying a underperforming company who's going to be cutting dividends and, uh, it's not looking at all like what you thought when you, when you started. So, um, my, that kind of leads into one of my questions and it's about, dividend cuts and I guess I just have one question there you guys is what What are your thoughts and start with the dividend dog when you're when you've got a stock you've invested in and they cut their dividend you know is that an a, a instant sign to sell or what's your approach there to give you the right answer yes it's an instant rule to sell I mean you can go I mean we can go
3: any investment book and that's on scheduled around dividends and we can see that you know, anything surrounding a dividend cut and you go look at the company's history and what they've been doing, you can see that, oh, wow, they've been, they have been a high up, um, payout ratio or they haven't been doing as good enough revenue or, or their earnings have, haven't have been increasing as well um, or they haven't been increasing the dividend as much, oh, you know, within the past, like, year or two years or so. So, I mean, yeah, dividend cuts, I mean, yeah, investors, they, they run, right? But I've taken a look at it From the other side of the fence and say well that doesn't mean that the company is closing up shop and closing their doors i mean they still have to go there and make money and put food on their table and they have to perform well and make the company turn itself around so let's that opens a door of opportunity if you have the time if you have the time frame and you like the company and where they're going so for example um et cut their dividend right because they're They cut their dividend in 2020. I was getting some heat for buying ET um, as like one of my first stocks. And I'm like, well, they cut their dividend. It was during COVID. Their debt was high. But management has stated that they plan to get that back to pre-COVID levels. So I'm like, all right, well, here's an opportunity here. You can buy it at a low share price. And you're going to get the dividend growth back to pre-COVID levels. And then they're going to... There obviously ET is now what it's like a hot stock to probably more likely add to your portfolio now, right? Because it's more energy's a big source
2: of need. So that was a risk that I took, and it came out that you know after their dividend cut, you know ET is back, you know back to where
3: they were pre-COVID levels, and now we're gone on to even you know higher you know dividends and so on. You know looking forward in the future. Now with Intel cut their dividend, yeah, I could have sold and and bought, um, you know, bought Qualcomm. That's my second favorite um, chip, you know, company. Sure. But Intel is, they are, you know, being, you know, sourced out with the Chips Act over, you know, here in America. And then they're also a leader for the European um, Chip Act as well over in Europe. So they're, they're leaders, you know, for when these acts and when, you know, these, um, when the, the semiconductor, you know, sector eventually will turn itself around. Like the whole sector is, is like, it's a whole net house right now. So, you know, there's opportunities out there for everyone. I mean, NVIDIA is going to high markets. You know, that's obviously a no-brainer company. You can get the ETF, SMH for um, the semiconductors. But with Intel, I like that they're building the chips here at home. That's going to give them more opportunity to source a lot more companies here with their chips as well. Yeah. And then I feel like they're going to figure out um, with the PC game and, get you know, get their shares back up to um, where they're supposed to be so I'm, once again, I'm, that's just not fun. This is not financial advice. That's just my take on Intel. And yes, I could easily sell, but I'm really actually up like 7 or 8% now on my shares. I'm not down. Even though I've lost all that income, I'm not really worried about it because I just started investing two years ago. So like, I still have 10 years, 20 years to go, and who knows where Intel is going to be the next 10, 20 years. So that's just the risk that I'm taking. It's only like 2.53% of my portfolio. So it's you know it's not gonna really um, have me losing any type of sleep over you know at night. I haven't even bought it in the past like month or so since they cut the dividend. So yeah, so that's my take on dividend cuts. I mean you have to go in and look and say, hey, do you trust? me? You have to go in and look at it and see what management is saying. Is management get? Or is, do they have an effort to get the dividend back to where it was, or it's just just where it's at? Or like Haynes Brands, they completely wiped out their dividend, like. The management is probably, they don't know if that's going to reinstate it or not. But, you know, they don't have a dividend now. So, um, you know, obviously people obviously sold that and, you know, left Haynes Brands. So that's why, you know, that stock has just plummeted in the last, you know, three four months or so. Um, but dividend cuts obviously are not good. That's obviously a bad sign for companies. I'm not saying that I'm rooting for dividend cuts. I don't want a dividend cut at all. But yeah. when a dividend cut does happen, you, you can't just run for the fence. You also have to pivot. And say, hey, why was there a cut? What's going on in the future and look once again, you have to know your timeline for investing, and does this fit into your timeline for investing so that's that's my you know my two cents
0: on um, dividend cuts yeah, I really like that you you you're looking for either an opportunity or is it a risk, right? You just make that assessment and then and then move forward accordingly. That's great stuff, Nick, do you have anything to add to that uh, conversation okay ha <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> he does
2: <laughs>
1: let me get into this a little bit all right, so um, it depends in my opinion uh, I think that dividend cuts like 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 dogs that you know they're not ideal, but it's part of the game, and we gotta understand that we're talking about businesses here. this is business, and we this goes back to to really understanding your investments you got to understand that you're not just clicking buy on a ticker on, the, on an on a exchange and buying shares. You're actually putting your money towards the operations of business and exchanges of money and, and things of that nature. So if, a co- if it's a good company, right, if it's a good company, and you have conviction in that company, and they cut the dividend, it's all about perspective at that point. Are you going to get scared and sell it? That's typically how it works, right? But if you look at it in a lens of, okay, that was a responsible move for that company to not to cut the dividend and take some of the cash flow and better operations. Now, like I said, this is, this has to do with is it a good company or not. And I always think back on uh, Ford. Ford, the, the share price went all the way down to 5 bucks, And my numbers might be off, but this was the gist of it and this was down you know around cb time and it plummeted it down to $5 they cut the dividend they used the cash flow to improve operations the stock went back up to 20 25 bucks and they reinstated the dividend so when you look at it in, in that term that was a very responsible move on ford and the shareholders that held on identified that so dividend cuts are not they're, they're not ideal but to me when i see a dividend cut in a quality company or a, a company that has some kind of foundational setting of their company. I would say that it's not a, a not a, a huge red flag to, to throw in the towel and, and get out. So that's kind of how I look at it. But yeah, like like Doug said, the, the dividend cuts, they're not ideal. You don't want to, you don't want to go through that so many times where you got to make those decisions. So that's yeah. how I, that's how I kind of look at it.
0: Yeah. What I'm hearing is it's not a time to panic necessarily. And that's kind of what I was getting at is you know, you see dividend cut, take some time, assess what's going on. Um, and you know, is this a a responsible move like your example with Ford? Like, that was a great example. I was actually tracking Ford at the same time, and I thought that was the right move. You want to deploy your cash the right way, and if you need to stop dividends uh, for a time period to do it, um, that that might be exactly what the company should do, and you might see a boost in the stock price because investors agree, right? So, yeah, all great things. Um, and then, you know, could it be temporary or not? Um, all, all things to consider. Uh, those are great points. So thanks for your answers on those, guys. Um, you know, I, I was going to ask you um, what experience, if there's one or maybe a couple that jumps off the page when you got, like, super excited. Maybe you started looking at a stock and you said, oh, my, I can't believe I, I stumbled across this. Nick, I feel like you're going to say, oh, yeah, every single stock, right, that I get excited about because <laughs> you seem very passionate, which I love. And so it's like, "Yep." Yeah, if, if you find the stock, you might, you're might you going to get all in. But is there one that you came across? And I'll give you an example, right? So um, Comcast, so CMCSA is the ticker. And it, it wasn't really on my radar um, for, you know, for whatever reason. I just kind of thought that maybe the cable companies are under pressure. And I didn't just put I didn't put a lot of time into it. So, um, but it came, a you know, a friend of mine the, back to our networks and talking to, to different groups of like-minded people. Um, uh, a friend of mine mentioned, Hey, you should take a look at Comcast. I mean, uh, cable's not going anywhere. Well, as far as the internet services are concerned, we, you might have challenges to cable TV, but thinking about, you know, long-term, wh- where, where's everybody connected? They're connected to the web. And right now the cable providers are really leading the way there. And so. There's obviously competition and all the things to think about. I'm not getting in depth on the analysis of Comcast. But what happened was I took a look at the chart and, I, and at the time, and it was bottom left, upper right. And I said, whoa, this is fantastic. And then I started looking at the details. And I said, they have a dividend? Like, I didn't even realize that they'd be paying such a nice yield. And it was, you know, at the time, I think it was over 4%. Now it's around 3 I think I'm looking at 3.23. And uh, still healthy dividend yield. And I wasn't expecting that at all. So I remember that very vividly, like just, oh, this is fantastic. It may not sound like some uh, super exciting stock, but if you look at the performances on my portfolio, you might be just as excited, you know. So is it, that's that one I remember um, very much so. Um, yeah, Nick, do you have any any particular stocks that, that jump off page or ETFs that did that for you as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I think uh, everybody's got a little glimpse of that in their experience. But yeah, I'll share a little, uh, I'll share a quick little story of how I came I came upon one of my best performing investments. Today. So uh, long story short, it was 2018. Um, what I was doing was I was on the subway. I was going to hang out with a, with a buddy of mine that lived in New York City. His name is Flip, my buddy Flip. So uh, I was taking the train from Yonkers, where I lived, to uh, his house in uptown New York City. And I was on the one train and I would have to take it going and coming back and um, I would always see this ad for Humera and it's, a, it's a, a Crohn's disease medicine, which is very, very popular in the States and outside the States. And then I would, uh, I would always see this ad, and like in one night, I saw the ad like on four different carts. So I'm like, all right, I need to, I need to see who owns this company. And this is the beginning part of me uh, learning about investing. This is 2018. I was in the very, very beginning stages of getting obsessed with this stuff, to be honest. And um, I looked up and I saw that Advi was the owner of this product. So I started looking up Atvi and I started deep diving into their company and their, uh, you know, their initiative, and their CEO and the products and everything. I learned how to do as far as researching a stock, and then um, I just held it and held it and kept adding to it. And I was adding in like the, the eighty dollar range and uh, you know, one hundred twenty percent later, I still have the stock and it's paying me dividends. So I'm up like one hundred twenty percent on that deal. And uh, it was because I saw it on a New York City subway, the one train.
0: That's wild. I love it. Dividend uh, Dog, have you, you got any stories like that?
3: Uh, Not like that. No, 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 no. I have nothing uh, nothing to that extent. But I do have a story about Abbey, though. Oh, Abbey nice. uh, was one of my first uh, companies I invested in when I uh, first started uh, back in. And what, like end of 2020, yeah, end of 2020, 2021, I was reading a dividend investing book and it got into like companies that have like great dividend growth rates over 10% that have been increasing the dividends, you know, for over 20 years and so on. And it fit into the strategy called the 10, 11, 12 system. And um, this book is called, uh, hold on, let me give me, give me one second, let me put it up. It's called uh, Get Rich with Dividends. Um, you see, proven, I told you, I told
2: you about this, guy. <laughs> a proven, it's a proven <laughs> system
3: for earning double-digit returns. So as I'm reading this book, it's talking about the 10, 11, 12 strategy. And, this, um, it, and it focuses on how to pick dividend stocks that in 10 years, it will generate um, 11% yield, a 12% average total return, right? So you have to find companies um, that have payout ratios. I, I don't know if it off the top of my head right now, but Abby fits into that perspective, and so does SCHD. So that's what made me plug into these two. And I'm like, wait a minute. So in ten years, I won't have to worry about finding anything high yielding because these will already present high yielding for me based off of this strategy that they, you know, that's that's within this book. So. That's how I got linked up to be buying SCHD and Abby, and I'm up like 15% on my Abby too since I, I purchased it back in um, 2000 or two years ago I'd say. So, um, yeah, that's like that's like my little story of like aha moments of investing and just like plugging it in just off of this one book. But Get Rich with Dividends would be would be a book I feel every dividend investor should pick up and um read for sure it definitely has like some golden nuggets in there, like the 10, 11, 12 strategy here that once you plug this into your stocks, you're like, wait a minute, maybe my stocks won't be generating this here. And then you you can have that moment where you can say, like, alright, maybe I need to revamp, and then you will go back out and you know teach yourself how to fish and go out and find these.
0: That's fantastic information. The 10, 11, 12 system. Not, I've not come across that. So Get Rich with Dividends book. appreciate that. I was going to ask yeah. you guys about what books you like to read or any uh, YouTube channels uh, that kind of thing uh, so that's fantastic
3: I have a YouTube channel if you guys want to check it out it's yeah called, uh, uh, investing on a nine to five in um, me and Mom, Paul options underscore legacy uh, we, we've combined it. we got we do podcasts um, you know on Sundays we actually were doing one earlier this morning and then um, yeah you know we you know we do YouTube videos you know try to do a couple throughout the week on just like portfolio updates or what we see on on um you know what we see in the stock market that's hot
0: yeah that's been, I, I definitely check that out i've listened to the podcast i, I was listening to nick uh you're nick and um a little while back and yeah we, that's what you were on this morning right wrapping that up before you can jump over here um yes mm-hmm. nice yeah check it out investing on a nine to five that's exactly what 90 percent of us if not more are doing and uh, Nick, <laughs> Nick, what book, what books are you reading or would you recommend since we're on the topic? Uh,
1: well, books, uh, I always recommend uh, when people start investing to, you know, get those foundational books out of the way and, and understand those like Richest Man of Babylon, Think and Grow Rich, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad,
2: just to get the mindset going. Uh, but nice. I think um, everybody,
1: in my opinion, uh, get those as your foundation and then start to uh, get some exposure to the niche that you want to be in. And and as far as that, you should do uh, you know podcasts. Listen to podcasts about what you're trying to do, and um, talk to different investors. YouTube is great. YouTube has been an immensely huge part of my uh, dividend and investing education. So uh, YouTube, get on YouTube, and just like Dog said, I'm trying to get my YouTube channel uh, you know off the ground and everything like that. So look out for that. And I did an interview with Dog on his podcast on the Nine to Five podcast. So. You know, uh, definitely check that out. But, yeah, that's what—that's what kind of how I did it. I got that foundation with all the infamous investing and personal finance books. Uh, and um, The Science of Getting Rich is another one of my absolute foundational books that I've, I've read many, many times, and I can almost recite the whole book in my head. <laughs> uh, That book is cool because it's, it was written in 1910. So it kind of gives you a perspective of uh, how things were back then and how they thought of money and riches and wealth. But, uh, yeah, and then just like I said, utilize podcasts, utilize uh, YouTube, and utilize just everything that we have at our fingertips now. I mean, just to, to be uh, involved in uh, Money Twitter and, and the dividend niche in our little corner of Twitter is great. And you find so many different resources out there and people that are doing what you're doing, but a level up. And, uh, you know, most people are, are, are open to talk to you and give you advice. And there's been many, many people on my journey on social media that have helped me a lot. Uh, Dog, you, uh, Nate, me and you interact a lot. Um, one shout I want to give to, to uh, the Decade Investor, my man Colin. He's he's helped me tremendously, and that's my guy. Uh, I owe him a lot. So nice. And, uh, you know, just, just to be involved in something and just constantly immerse yourself with this. And like I said, just do the podcast thing, do the YouTube thing, do the book thing. Just as much education as you can get, the better that you're going to be. And uh, the, more, the more you're going to be on that
0: path to trying to hit those things. That's good stuff. I usually save that for the end, but I couldn't help dive into it with uh, the Get Rich with Dividends book recommendations. So I appreciate that, you guys. That's, I think, all helpful information um, for the listeners because, you know, you got to start gathering that in- information. Get in the mindset. You guys talk a lot about mindset, and I think that's really key. Um, you, know, you have to know who you are as a person. Uh, if you are not patient, then you need to understand that and kind of understand those flaws in your investing strategy. Um, because patience is key, right? And, uh, I-, I just talk a lot about your personality and your lifestyle and the constraints that come with that need to be considered, uh, when you're making investment decisions. So, uh, yeah, I, I love everything you guys are saying here. So, um, you know, with that, I wanted to ask along the lines of that one, three, five, ten years. This is going to sound like a job interview now. Watch. (laughs) So where do you see yourselves in uh, three, five, ten years? No, uh, in all seriousness, uh, when someone's starting out with that small account, we've talked about a few things early on. So, you know, maybe we can brush over that quickly. But what I'm interested in hearing is from your experience, um, you start off, right, small account, Uh, dividend dog. I I totally resonate. It's not like you started with a a a huge inheritance. All right, great. I got my million dollar account. I'm gonna grow to ten million. Like that's that's a whole other story. And starting off with you know, I want my kids to have that million dollar account, and you know, that's what I'm my focus is. So, what's that look like when you're starting, and then you get to that you know those milestones? What What advice would you give the listeners and from your experience? Yeah, I
3: actually. I'm going, to hit on, I'm going to hit on a little story here. So, nice. actually, when I read Get um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I was reading about, you know, just, like, like, the hustle and, like, you know, trying to, like, manifest and think with thinking, I mean, I'm sorry, think and grow rich about just, like, hustling and manifesting and, like, and trying to, you know, do as much as you can to, you know, get income, right? So I can invest. As I'm reading these books, I'm like, man, I'm going to need extra income you know, on top of what I'm making. So actually last year um, and the year before, and like right when I started, I really started with like 50 bucks and I had like my 401k and I had like the S&P 500 in there. But when I started like with 40 bucks, I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to start doing 200, uh, a paycheck. And then do, I started doing that. And then I'm like, man, how am I going to get this in 20 years? Cause I'm started. Tra- I'm starting to track my dividends and I'm like, all right, this is saying I'm going to get to this in 30 years or, or, and so on. So I'm like, I need extra income. So I started picking up extra jobs. I you know, picks up extra jobs all of last year just to like bring in extra income to help pay off debt and also basically boom up my portfolio as much as I can. So instead of doing bi weekly stuff, I was doing more like weekly buys just because I was out working on doing side stuff just you know, hustling. But that goes to the fact to showing like, hey, you know, by putting in, you know, that forty bucks, by starting with a hundred dollars, or you can do hundred dollars every two weeks or you can do you know thirty dollars every two weeks you know it eventually will start compounding you know down the line to where you're you know you're going to start seeing those returns along with the dividends and one thing i picked up too was that i started matching my dividends with um like the personal payments are created like you know we have a match program with your 401k with your own employer yeah where they match whatever you put in so every time i match every time i would get paid a dividend last year i would match that with you know the payment. So if I was getting a five dollar dividend or a six dollar dividend, I would put six dollars in, or if I had some extra cash, I would buy another share. What that did for me was it keep it's gonna keep you accountable because either you're getting paid every quarterly or every month, you know that, hey, I have to invest on that day, and that's that's literally it, right? You can go on back to doing what you're doing. But down the line, you're gonna eventually those shares that you're purchasing along with the shares that it's paying you eventually start compounding to more shares for you um, over time, especially if the company is increasing their dividends along with, you know, having great returns and, and so on down the line.
0: Who I love this. You are matching your <laughs> dividend payments.
3: Yeah. So like tomorrow I got 30 bucks coming in from SCHD. Yeah. So I, yep. I already got 30 bucks sitting in um, my fidelity ready to go ahead and purchase it. So that would be me putting in 60 bucks. i um, so almost like a, a, almost a whole share of SCHD, you know, now, just by me matching that, and like you know, by me matching thirty bucks, is not—I mean, it's not going to kill me. But like you know, it—that's what you know—it takes to you know that that's what it's going to take to to help you know cut down the time quicker. I think
0: you are you—you're blowing my mind right now. You're doubling your dividend yield. That's what you're doing, right? You just you're doubling it yes. up, and, uh,
3: just and and like I understand, you know, it the payments are like you know if it's like two dollars and it's like well if it's two dollars. Why don't you just buy a share if if it's that's you know if it's like that or if it's you know if you're getting thirty dollars a share then like and if you got a company like MPW and you're getting like sixty dollars and the shares now is at seven dollars now and it's yielding fourteen you're about to cash in on some free shares
0: yes yes so and the the twofold here man I've never heard anybody talk about this this is great so you're matching your dividend payment uh, out of your own wallet. It effectively is holding you the two prong thing here the two the double impact that, that I'm loving about this is it's holding you accountable like you know hey I've got this dividend payment coming up it's gonna be great I'm gonna get thirty bucks for example I've got thirty bucks I'm gonna set it aside instead of going out to eat one extra time this week or whatever it is and uh, you're doubling your yield right there and there and then on on top of the accountability you know that double of yield that's accelerating your growth like. I don't know about you, but anytime I find ways I can just easily accelerate the growth of my portfolio, I get excited, and uh, that seems this seems like a very simple way to go about that. I love it.
3: Mm-hmm. And I feel like you know, just the 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 dividends itself is obviously it's obviously leading us like it's you know it's speeding down the road. It's going to help speed us, but. By matching it, I feel like that's just like popping a clutch in your favorite car, man. You're just putting it <laughs> into the second gear. You're just rev you know, you're just hitting the clutch one more time.
0: Nick, are you keeping up with this guy? He's got all the data. Oh <laughs> no,
3: hey, hey man, hold he me on it. That's why he's quiet. Yeah.
0: was awesome. was awesome. What about you, Nick? What would you add to that for the uh, you know, getting started? and what it looks like over the first one, three, five years. I mean, I feel like Dog covered that really well, but anything to add? Yeah, man, that's going to be hard to, to follow that up, man. Putting <laughs> me in a tough position. yeah, like, no, i just joking. But uh, my, my,
1: my experience has been a little bit different. Um, you know, when I first started, I had a little bit of startup capital, and that's part of kind of my story, full transparency. Nice. Uh, just my life savings as a kid, and, uh, you know, I inherited a little bit of money from my father's
3: passing. So, uh, But with my consistency and my dedication over the past five years, I've been able to double, more than double my portfolio. Fantastic, so, yeah. Uh, it's just been, it's like Dog said, it's just you got
2: you to get into it and I love his system. I think that's a really great system. Uh, I've heard a little bit about that. Um, my buddy Nelson, he has some pretty good systems as far as
1: doing things like that, but uh, that's a really great system, Dog, and uh, I think that the most important thing and what has really given me my edge over the past five, six years with investing is that um, I'm consistent. And my consistent efforts have compounded tremendously. And it has allowed my, my dividend income to grow. It has allowed my portfolio value to grow. And, uh, you know, like that's that's what it is. And it's, it's a part of my life. And I make it a priority to grow my wealth and build everything up. And uh, like I said in the beginning, uh, a portion of my income is dedicated to building my wealth. And uh, that's what I've been consistent of. So I think that consistency and your dedication and never losing that 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 focus is extremely important because it's a it's a long process and uh, many people tend to squirrel you know like something new comes up a new strategy oh, I'm going that way or uh, oh I'm, they're they're making money doing this I'm going that way and I'm dropping what I was doing before and I see that a lot and especially across uh, the you know, social media space I see a lot of investors that are quick to drop one strategy and go to another one, where uh, I found success, uh, the small amount of success that I have, but I've found it to be efficient to just stick with one strategy and just pound that away, and that's what I've done. I've just been consistently buying undervalued dividend stocks for the past five years, and consistency is key, like I said, and that's what I would definitely advise somebody to do. If you're investing and you're getting into this and you want to prosper and improve and make something of this, you've got to be consistent, you've got to be dedicated, and the focus has to be there. And I talk a lot about this with my significant other, and she's very similar in how we think, and she thinks, um, she, she thinks along the same lines as me, and I always tell her, like, you got to guard your focus, you've got to guard your dedication, because people will take that from you, and they, they're they going to rip that away from you, so you got to stay on it. And I'm not talking, like, maliciously, or people are not intentionally doing that, but the, the normal regular person, the everyday person that's, you know, has a little bit of debt and doing a little bit of this and kind of just floating through life, they're not on the same mindset that you're on. So if you dedicate yourself to this, you gotta be willing to guard it. And you gotta be willing to say no sometimes to the people around you. And that's just not you being like lame or, or not cool. It's about guarding what you're doing and, and seeing the bigger picture. And also envisioning your future. I think that's very important to, to know when you first start investing that you got to be able to see yourself as an older person, and you got to be able to manifest these successes in the beginning. You know, like for me, I told my significant other in the beginning when I first met her, I said, "Listen, my goal is to retire early through dividend investing and real estate." And uh, my focus has never wavered. I've never dropped my strategy. I've uh, always focused on it. So I think uh, all those things I just said, kind of, kind of rambled a little bit, but all those things together, thats kind of what I would say to. Uh, person
0: getting into this deal. Yeah, consistency and focus is what I heard. And uh don't worry, I'm the king of ramblers. I didn't think you rambled at all. Nick. You're good. <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> I ramble too. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a great conversation. I hope you guys can join me again in a future space and we can get into maybe more details about, you know, different stocks and everything else because uh yeah I really like uh, all of this information I really think is super valuable. I mean the things that you know I've, that really resonate with me and align with me are the 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 big edge you just talked about: staying consistent, starting early, keeping focused, um, and then you know maintaining that focus and guarding it. I like that phrase too. I Never heard that. Guard your focus. Um, Nick's giving out life lessons here, right? That's, I was sitting there nodding my head like you guys could see me nodding along, but it's it's great stuff. Um, <clears throat> so we're at the hour and, and I'm gonna have to wrap it up here today. But again, I hope you guys can join us in the future um nick and dog uh thanks again for joining if you guys and to the listeners make sure you give them a follow um dog any last parting words or comments before we go
3: uh yeah uh i just you know back to the mentality thing i always tell myself too no one's coming to save you know save us for a day off like now or in the future so it's like you know, you're, our every day of working a nine-to-five, this is what the system is designed for us to do, guys. I mean, history says we're. that's why they keep increasing the Social Security up, you know, the ages of that because people are working longer. They're, that's a sign for us. Like, we have to take a look at that and reevaluate what we're doing now so we can not put ourselves, you know, or to be in that situation depending on, if that is going to make or break my life at the end of the, at the end of my life at the, you know, at that age. Cause I mean, we're every day we're getting older. So, and every day you don't want to go to work and you want to spend time with your kids and family. I don't have kids yet or anything. So it's just like, I'm thinking of, I'm just thinking just in the future. So yeah, no one's coming to save us. So we got to, you know, work together or, you know, we got to put a plan and, you know, stick to a plan and it's, it's boring at the beginning, but you know, the there's strategies and, everyone around us to you know to get you going and you know guys like nick and everyone else on the on the um on the space here is you know an investor um in somewhat in some way some fashion so the effort is there and people we're out here so we're trying so keep going and keep striking at it and we'll get there and thank you guys again for for having me this was awesome
0: thanks for all the value you brought to the table dog appreciate that
3: (laughs) yeah for sure i'm excited man uh, you know, do it, do it again for us.
0: Yeah, we'll have to keep connecting. Uh, uh, and th- Nick, thanks for connecting me with Dog. Appreciate that as well. What, what uh, additional words would you add to the conversation before we wrap it up? Oh, no doubt, man, no doubt. Uh, I
1: thought I thought it was a really great fit. And I tell him all the time, me and him, we're a pretty good duo. When we get on and we start talking, it's uh, pretty good stuff. I'd like to think that it is. So I, I
0: agree, hundred percent.
1: I appreciate you having us on, and uh, really, this was a great experience. I hope everybody listening takes uh, some some cool things out of this. I was trying to drop some gems on you guys, and uh, dog is dog is just phenomenal what he does. So uh, please give him a follow. You can find me on Net Worth One on Twitter. I'm all over Twitter, so you guys can uh, catch me there. Uh, send me a DM, say what's up, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, man, thanks, Nate. We really
3: appreciate it, man. Yeah. That, hey, one, go ahead. one more thing before we go, guys. To another way I stay motivated too is like I have the dividend tracker, and it. With the dividend tracker, um, it can show you your future income if you were to continue to purchase the stocks, um, you know, at its current level, and it grows at a certain amount of percent. You can go in and play with it, but it, it shows you what your future income could look like ten years, fifteen years down the line, you know, with your portfolio. So it helps motivate you to yeah. just keep going as well.
0: Yeah, that's that motivation. That's great. Yep. The dividend tracker. All right. Well, guys, thanks again. This is this is a tons of value in this conversation. Lots of fun too. Both of your energy is fantastic. So I really wanted to do this again. I'll be bothering you with some DMs. Hopefully, get you on the line. We can do this some more. And uh, it's all about community and having folks you know like minded and wanting to get the same to the same place. And everybody listening here, you guys are taking that step. So thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you all next time. Thanks again to Nick. Thanks again, dog.
3: Thanks, guys.